0: By Rebecca Spencer. Mass calls it, and that's a wonderful goal. And Rear Percival from almost the halfway line.
1: Welcome back to N17 Women. Uh, we're here to talk about Spurs Women and the ups and downs of our Super League season and cup campaigns, and of course this week. We're largely focusing on the Continental Tyres Cup. My name's Sean Wallace and I'm going to be hosting for you this episode. I'm joined as always by, uh, by Rachel Perrin. How are you, Rachel? Hey, I'm good. Very happy to have seen a win finally. Uh, and uh, yes, yeah. Caroline, Steph, how are you?
2: Oh, I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm really encouraged to see the improved performance in this past game.
1: Uh, and Abby Zimmerman Newfield how are you? I'm good I'm good not not
3: many people are, are brave enough to go for the whole name there so that was <laughs>
1: well, apologies, uh, apologies if I If I pronounced it completely incorrectly I realized like I'd gone for full names and wasn't quite sure but anyway. Yeah no you got it you got it I think you
3: did anyway uh sounded all right to me.
1: <laughs> Close enough anyway good good yeah. okay so I thought we'd start today by just talking about the Continental Tyres Cup rule. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is the League Cup in the women's game, most colloquially referred to as the Conti Cup. So if you hear Conti Cup being used or tweeted, hashtag Conti Cup, is the usual hashtag around the competition. So it's unusual in the sense that it starts off as a group stage, either four or five teams split in the north and the south of the country although that does get a little bit complicated when you get the Midlands teams involved and some Birmingham teams are North and some Birmingham teams are South. So if you're from the Midlands, you have to be a little bit interested in in where you're going, but the rest of us, we stay North and South. And basically top team from the group get into the quarterfinals and then the teams who don't play in the group stage, Arsenal and Chelsea, because they've been in the Champions League, will get brought in at the quarterfinal stage and then a number of best runners-up will also get into the quarterfinals, however many it takes to fill up the quarterfinals, I forget, which is the first part of the strangeness of this competition. So it's not a knockout competition straight away, you do have a group stage. It's championship teams and Super League teams only, so nobody in the National League, anything like that, but that does mean you do have that kind of Discrepancy of fully professional teams playing against semi-professional teams, which is always fun. In previous years, they've always played midweek evenings, which has severely disadvantaged the <laughs> the, the uh, amateur or semi-pro teams. This season, the group stages are all being played at weekends, so that resolves that problem. But the other thing that you need to look out for when you're watching these games, and you may have seen this already in the first round of games is that much like American sports, the Conti Cup doesn't like a draw. So if you play a game and you draw it, each team gets one point, and then you play penalty shootout for a bonus point. So the team that wins the penalty shootout gets two points, the other team gets one point, just because they don't like being the same as any other competition in this country. There's lots of criticism of the Conti Cup. There's lots of people who'd like to see it different. I think that's partly why they've changed from midweek to weekend fixtures. This season in the group stage, but that's what it, the competition is. Did I explain that clearly enough? Yes. yes. Exceptionally
0: clearly. Yes.
1: <laughs> Although yes. I was
0: making me think that maybe one of the reasons why they did two points and one point when you have a draw is that each game then creates three points somehow. And given that there are different numbers of teams, different number of games, maybe that's why. But I'd have to yeah. think
1: about it more carefully to think about whether that would even sure, make sense. I'm sure there was some logic somewhere, and you know, hey, it, it makes it a slightly more entertaining, I guess, a slightly more Americanized competition. So maybe draw some people in that way. So in our in our group this season, we've got Reading, who were also in the Super League, and then we've got Southampton and we've got Coventry from the Championship, and of course. Coventry, we've played them the last two seasons in a row. The difference this year being we don't have to go to Coventry. We have to go to Southampton and Reading instead, and Coventry will come to us. <laughs> so we're going to talk about our game. We're also going to talk about the other ga- the other games in our group and a couple of the other interesting fixtures later on. But let's start off with another game in the Conti Cup, which happened before our game. Aston Villa against Manchester United. Aston Villa have been the surprise package, I think it's fair to say, this season in the Super League. Man United have been one of the better teams in the Super League and one of the teams that have done as well as we thought they probably would. But Villa held Man United to a draw. What did we make of that?
2: I think it's the uh, Rachel Daly factor, you know? They have this, I guess not game winner in this case, but, you know, game changer kind of player that they didn't have last season she has a history of coming in clutch. Uh, you know, she did it many times for the Houston dash and not surprised to, to hear that she got the equalizer for Villa this time. So it's
1: still going to be an yeah. interesting season for, uh, for Villa, I think. See how long Rachel Daly can make the difference for. Yeah. I'm interested to go back and watch that game too, because I'm noticing that
3: it doesn't seem like United quite put out a full, in- a full strength lineup. And Villa looks a bit closer to what I would expect. So maybe that has to do with it. Yeah, it was really funny, though, because I totally forgot about the penalties. And so I really tricked myself for a minute into thinking that Villa had knocked United out of the Conte Cup entirely until it came around (laughs) to the next day. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's that weird thing with the points.
1: Yeah, so Man United very much still in it, but Villa taking the lead in that group. But I think it was fair to say that following the two games against... The Woolwich, men's and women's, we were feeling in need of some positivity from Spurs and we went into that game. So we played Reading at the Majeski and we really wanted the win. We really needed the win to uh, lift our spirits <laughs> and to give us a good start in the Conte Cup because with no disrespect to Southampton and, and Coventry, we would be expecting to beat them. So Reading were the team that we needed to beat to ensure we get through to the quarterfinals. after last season, getting through to the semifinals for the first time in our history. We'd never got out of the group stage before. Last season, we got to the semifinals. So fingers crossed for this season. Uh, what were we all expecting from Reading and from our team before the game started? Well, Reading have been
0: pretty weak so far this season, and especially after Deanne Rose got injured in the first game against Manchester United, it's felt like they've lost some of their cutting edge. So they've had good periods of play, especially in the second halves against Man United and Brighton previously. But I think, you know, as we said last week, if we were going to choose anybody to play to bounce back against after those other games, Reading would probably have been pretty high up on our list. So I think that in that sense, you know, it's always hard to go away. It's never, we didn't have easy games against Reading last season. Our away form against them was pretty um, stolid in that we kind of ground out a nil-nil draw. So it wasn't that we were expecting great things, but it wasn't going to be the same level as our last week's competition.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. Earlier in the week, I was like, you know, I was pretty confident that we would win. Like, I thought it was a game we should win. But I was much more worried on Monday and Tuesday that we were going to stumble over a pretty low hurdle here because that's kind of how things have been going for us for the last month or two. But then Wednesday or Thursday, was it, rolled around and I watched Lester play and they were good. And so I think that in my mind, Reading have now like easily overtaken Leicester as like new relegation favorites. I think Leicester is shaping up to be quite a solid team. It made me feel a lot better about our opening week performance against them. So yeah, I was feeling all right about that. Um, And after I watched that game, I was like, yeah, we're, I don't know that we're going to see all the problems resolved, but I do think we're going to pretty easily beat Reading who have been looking bad and have lost their main source of goals.
2: Yeah. The only concern I think before the game for me was just what was our squad going to look like? And I'm sure we'll get onto that because it's changing every game. It feels like, but yeah, I just wanted to see a good response and an improved performance. And I think that's what we did see overall.
1: Well, you talk about the squad and I think for the third, we've only had three games. And I think the third game in a row, we've gone, We've looked at the lineup that's been sent, you know, been tweeted out an hour before the game, and gone, what? <laughs> um, I mean, again, you know, I mean, I think primarily, you know, Ash on the right wing, which she's played there before. We know she can play there, not not hugely unusual, but it was uh, not something we've seen before this season. Then we weren't sure we were going to see, at this point, you know, usually done as a injury cover. But then we looked at the bench, and at that point, there were four players on the bench. That was changed to five before kickoff how did you feel when that team sheet came out I guess I
0: was very mixed I was really happy to see Angerad James starting that's the thing I've been just wanting to happen and I was pretty happy that Drew Spence was on the bench I have to say to start so the midfield the centre of midfield I was happy about having Angarad, having Evelina Cho, I mean, I was surprised that Cho was starting and not Kaya, but it was good to see. It was really good to see Nikki. Obviously, we've all been waiting for her to start a game. So that was exciting. So there were things about it that actually were the things we've been, I've been looking for, I guess. It was a back four, which I think I am slightly prefer, although it was a back four that had Amy Turner on the right rather than Ash on the right, which is, yeah, I don't know, but I was, you know, happy. I'd say I was much happier about this starting lineup than I was about the last two, given the resources and given the people who've been injured, et cetera, and that we knew weren't there. I mean, I was surprised Jess wasn't there. I am just crossing all my fingers and toes that she's not injured. We know that she got an England call up. So I'm assuming she is sort of fit, but she didn't even come to Reading. She wasn't training. We didn't see Ramona either. And there's been no news about why she wasn't there. So some of it was just confusion. But if you omit all the people who were not included for whatever reason, and then you looked at who was possible to include, including the bench, I think the lineup wasn't terrible.
2: Yeah, for me, the the big thought that I had when I was looking at the lineup was just focusing in on that four-person bench, which became five, thankfully. But, you know, I was thinking we really need to see a strong performance from the starting lineup there's there's just not many reinforcements to replace them and we just need the first team to have a stronger start I think we, we've been kind of slow to build into games at time we saw that in preseason season too so that was my main hope was that we were going to come out strong get some early goals and put our stamp on the game and not have the game dictated by Reading like we had seen with Arsenal.
3: I totally agree I that bench was hugely concerning to see so early in the season and I you know we're all like oh yeah well like you know it was upgraded to like five people right before kickoff but like even five is not a lot. And it's like we've played three games. Like that's bad news. And you know, it only got worse by the end of the game. So that was a little bit of a concern. When I first looked at it, I really thought it was gonna be a three-five-two. I was like, yeah, perfect. That's a three-five-two. It's three center backs, Ash and Ismita on the wings. So I was a little surprised to see the game start and find out that it was a backboard. But I, I really liked all the players that were in the lineup. And I actually really ended up liking how it worked. I was, when I saw it, I was a little bit questioning Cho's inclusion because in the past I found it really difficult to get a read on her and what kind of player she is. Like I wouldn't have even been able to answer before the game, like why has she been included instead of another player because I didn't even really know what she did. But luckily that really changed throughout that game. So in hindsight, I'm kind of like, yeah, I was totally happy when I saw that
2: lineup. I One mean, other thing I would point out is that I was surprised to see Becky Spencer starting again. Oh yeah. Just because I thought, yeah. I thought we would see Teenie just for the sake of rotation and getting her some game time since she hadn't featured yet in the official season. So yeah, yeah I
0: was cool. really surprised about that. She played in the second half of the preseason game. So As far as we know, she's not injured. She was on the bench. What's changed this season from last?
1: Well, the only thing I can think of is potentially after the Arsenal game, trying to um, reassure Becky confidence-wise because it wasn't her best game. And obviously four shots on target and four goals is not what a goalkeeper wants to take with them. And if you're then not picked in the next game, you know, there can be repercussions of that in your own sort of mental state. So I I can only think maybe it's that, but I hope Tini does get, back on the team sheet soon as we we miss her I think I mean we this is the trouble you know we love them both I think and I don't think any of us really have hugely strong feelings one way or the other but we don't and we don't want to see either of them being left behind and and it'd be great to see tinny back in goal it's not very often you get fans wanting rotation in goal but I think we've all kind of (laughs) come to come to like that situation yeah it's a good problem to have yeah okay. I do
0: miss Tierney she's got this I don't know I love her energy I just think she's so cool and and she just uh, has say she has this kind of save when she makes those big stops she just has that authority that is fun like I find, I mean, Becky was quite fun in parts of this game when she does her little playing out, which can be painful, but also can be, you know, it, you know, she loves to dribble around the last defense, you know, the last attacker coming towards her. It's kind of fun in its weird way, but Tilly has a different energy that is nice, and I think she also can be very calming, and you know, maybe our team needs some of that. Yeah
3: I think my first thought w- when we started talking about this was like I think over international break I heard that she had like some rough mistakes in the Finland game and that I thought she was directly responsible for some of the corners we proceed- or conceded in preseason and so and this is extrapolating here, but I wondered whether it was like there's something specific that she's working on and we won't, won't see her until like she's addressed this thing that she's working on. But I'm also kind of like, yeah, that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Becky makes mistakes too. <laughs> Everyone, every goalkeeper makes mistakes. Who could really say?
1: Well, we we'll wait and see what happens in yeah. the next game. So I was just going to say about Tinny's mistakes. Her
0: final game she played for us, she didn't really make any mistakes. So Oh, yeah. The game true. against Chelsea, she was pretty strong. She made a bunch of good saves. So, I uh, don't know. Anyway.
1: <laughs> we have to wait for well, this. I mean, you know, we have to kind of try and guess. We don't know what's going on. We get very little information about injuries or, or, or you know, who's being selected, why. So, we wait and see what happens after the international break. It was a record-breaking crowd for Reading, the largest number of fans they've ever had at a game, which I think is... Rachel pointed out on Twitter, seems to be happening for a few teams, which is strange considering we don't get that many people at our games. But when we play other people, they get bigger crowds. Interesting. <laughs> so the first half, well, I think I think we were pretty pleased with the first half, weren't we? We came away 2-0 up at the end of the first half, um, having been much more pressing performance than we saw against the Arsenal team came out and looked like they wanted it. And of course, no one other than Ash Neville scored the opening goal with another I mean a beautiful shot that you would not think was misplaced from a striker how did you feel at half time really good
3: that was one of my favorite games I've watched in a while I just thought everything everything that we pointed out as being issues all through preseason, for the most part not entirely obviously but for the most part had been addressed it was the pressing Evelina Sumanen looked like an entirely different player, like the same player we remember from last year. It was players. Players were running ahead of the ball. I saw a lot of that from Nicola Cho, Celine Bizet, and Ash, of course. All four of them were constantly running ahead of the ball, and it looked like everyone had really good passing options. Players were moving to get open. They were winning second balls. Uh, I thought that our center backs also looked pretty good. Uh, it was just so many things that we've called out as issues. I'm probably forgetting like 10 more, but so many things we called out as, as, as issues seem to have been addressed. Oh yeah, ball progression. I felt like we were progressing the ball really well. You know I which favorite. one you
0: forgot? You forgot bodies in the box. bodies, <laughs> in, the bodies box. in the box. Yeah, right off the bat. <laughs> Number
3: seven minutes, we had more bodies in the box than we had like all season.
2: It's true. And, you know, I don't want to skip over the first goal, but that second goal was a total poachers goal from Karchowska. So, you know, we're already getting our, our money's worth from her.
3: Oh, yeah, it was great. You can see her like when in the replay, like it's in slow motion in the recording. You can see as Becky's ball is coming over the top. You can see her, like, look up, see Cho and Ash running on the right side and then, like, adjust her run so she's coming in central and just time it perfectly because she knows there could be a rebound. It was, like the kind of goal where you're like, oh yeah, like she only scores tap but it's like all of that thinking went into her being in the right place. It was like, you know, I thought that there were times in the game where she looked like she was like gaining her footing back in a way and not entirely comfortable out there, but that was really like a striker's instinct. It was great.
2: There was another shot from Cho again, that was not saved by the keeper, but cleared off the line by one of the Reading defenders. And Nicola was, I mean, just like inches away from getting onto that rebound too. So it's clearly something, you know, they've worked on together and just feels like the chemistry between the team overall looked so much better today. Our passing accuracy was improved. And also on that second goal, I guess this is one thing that Becky Spencer does bring is her distribution was spot on in this game. I thought particularly on that play, you know, she picked out Ash from long range and, Ash was able to get it over to Cho and it all just, you know, spiraled from there. The first yeah. goal. I do want to say I think it's it's a testament to Ash's spirit that she hasn't let something like not getting the England call up affect her confidence. Like she's clearly at the peak of her career. You would have to say the way she's been playing, you know, it's it's early, but she is our lead goal scorer and it doesn't look like she's going to be slowing down anytime soon. So, it's great
0: to see just going back to the point about Becky's distribution, I think she did play a few long balls that were really nice. There was another one, there was a couple where Cho nearly got on the end of them, and I think one that Nikki did. She did have a little bit of wobbly distribution where they nearly scored and it hit the post. So it was some of those sort of short range, which was actually a little bit more similar to the issue that there was with her pass to Evelina in the North London Derby. It's those sort of like just maybe taking an extra minute and passing in a calmer way to somebody who's more protected might be the issue although somebody I think there was somebody coming down on her in this game but yeah just going back as well to the thing about Nikki it's so good to have her like Abby you gave a great description of sort of what she was doing to get in that position but you could see her in several different instances where the ball was coming in there was a shot I think from Celine as well where she was really you know you could tell that she was just waiting for it to come out of you know for the goalkeeper to spill it or something to happen and we really didn't have anyone doing that last season once Rachel was playing further back so it's that's gonna get us a few goals just from that definitely And it's so
3: great to have like a smart runner like that. I think you can, you know, it takes like intelligence to make a run and it takes even more to like time it so that you're in the right spaces compared to your teammates. And I kind of was wondering this last week when we were talking about whether Becky's distribution was off, whether it was part of it was that we were not making the same runs up top as she was expecting so she had no one to put those long balls up to and I know we'd mentioned her distribution was pretty good with Jamaica well Jamaica has Bunny Shaw and some great attackers who can do stuff like that so I I I, it looked better today I was really impressed with the runs those those folks were making
1: okay so a great first half just what the doctor ordered not perfect I mean I still think Celine and Nikki looked looked like they hadn't been playing in this league very long. They looked like they were looking for a little bit too much time some of the time, and you're not going to get that against anybody in the Super League. Everybody's going to be on you, so there's still a learning curve for, for those kind of players. But we expect that at this point in the season. The second half, I think there might be a, a difference between those of us who are in the stadium and the people watching on television. Just going on the the comments that we've made to each other before today, I've got to confess I felt a little bit disappointed in the second half. I thought. We started slowly. There was a period in the middle of the second half where we were looking good, but we weren't scoring. And then the end of the second half, the last 15, 20 minutes was all about Reading. And they got their reward in a penalty and and a a, a goal back, um, which their fans celebrated like it meant something in the context of the competition when it came literally on the dying minutes of the game. So they weren't going to get back, but was a goal for them. So I've got to say, I was a bit... I was a bit, yeah, I I wasn't so happy after the second half. I thought we should have been, after the end of the first half, I thought, right, time to push on, get a couple more goals and really start to do that thing that we've been asking for the team to do for a while now, which is score more goals and really put that game out out of touch for Reading. And I thought, given the way Reading have performed this season, that was within our capabilities to do. But again, we felt like, beginning of the first half we were sitting back a second half sorry we were sitting back and letting them come to us and then when we made some substitutions uh things went a little awry again and they they had all the pressure and you know they were coming down the right ash got pushed back to full back and wasn't dealing quite as well as she normally does with players running down the wing and we had some real problems with players coming in on that side so becky's distribution got worse you know she would she was whacking it out when it was going out of play rather than to the player she was trying to pass it to I think that there was quite a lot of heavy passing in the second half maybe it's just tiredness at this stage of the season not having not been quite match fit yet but but it did feel like that second half to me was not as good as the first and was missing some goals from us but I think our American friends watching on the television had a slightly different take on it.
3: Yeah, you know, the first time I watched it, I was definitely a bit nervous during the second half. And I think the second time I watched it kind of in a calmer mental state, I really found like that wedding. though they were spending less time pinned back in their own half were pretty toothless. And I think like there were some things that we did worse for sure, but I was actually really impressed with some of the, I think we actually got a big performance out of Shalina in a way we usually don't in the second half. I almost never come away from games thinking she did a good job. I'm sorry, but this game, I was like, she had like one or two clearances that not only like were well-timed and pretty last minute, but also went to feet instead of just like going out for a corner or out of bounds. And so I really like to see that. So I definitely think we excelled at different things and I definitely had a different perspective like watching it back the second time rather than the first. But I didn't think there was like a huge difference in our performance in the two halves. I think there was maybe more of a difference in Redding's performance. Like they got yelled at and told to stop like looking like a deer in the headlights or something.
2: Now, I I would have to agree with you, Abby. I didn't think there was a huge difference in the improvement between the halves. And while Reading were finding some of those opportunities to counterattack, I thought we dealt with them really well up until stoppage time, yeah. which we haven't really mentioned the fact that Kaya Simon had that bad injury. And I think that, that we may awful. have lost. It was awful. I mean, it was it was awful to see on the TV. I don't know how much y'all could see in the stand.
3: Great
1: deal. it's quite a long way away from us it yeah like I mean at
3: least two knee ligaments gone like it was I, not they good played it up like you could see it happen it was like a really bad twist I've done yeah. that before in a lesser Oof. bad version and I just like felt like after I was watching it I was like having sympathetic pains in my knee and I don't know that we're gonna see her for a really long time yeah. It looked really bad
2: which is such a shame for her personally you know we, we were hoping she would have a good season but I think the team did lose a little bit of focus for stoppage time. And, you know, we, we have to give some credit to the, I cannot remember which Reading player it was that made that run into the box, but um, her, her pace was pretty incredible. Who, who was it? Harry's Harry's. Yes. And I mean, it was kind of a soft penalty, but at the same time, those things happen. And since it was the last kick of the game and we still got the win, it's not a huge issue in the long run. But I think you were right, Abby, to point out Shalina's performance. She was really strong. And also seeing Evelina have a much better game than we've seen her have recently. I feel like we're getting back to the point where the the spine of the team is looking stronger. And I think that was why we were able to control the game better.
3: We have to, so, just on that note, we, we need to talk about Cho's performance. I can't oh, believe yes. we haven't mentioned it yet. <laughs> so she before so we get good,
0: to Cho. So before Where? we get to Cho, oh, yeah. I just Go like, ahead. as a person in the stadium, I'm seconding Sean, that it really, really radically felt like, it felt like a slowing down and we'll get back to Cho who I think was great, but was definitely slowing down. And so a lot of people, like when we were talking to people sitting around me, everybody was thinking she was the person who was going to be substituted. And then when Kaya had to be substituted, we're like, oh, well you can't substitute Cho now because Kaya has to be, um, because again, a lot of hers she was sort of running on spirits and it was you running on fumes it was like go keeping on going some of the passing from her but also from other players seemed a bit heavy there was more there was just more sort of chaos in the center in the midfield and I think that this is where again Drew had a couple of lovely one twos down the wings. she had put in a good block she did a couple of good things but she also just doesn't do the second tackle so, like, if she's in the mix and she comes away with the ball, then the ball gets lost. She is not going to go back again. So she just doesn't seem to have the energy to go to kind of to start all over once something's been lost. And if that felt like there was just we were a player down almost some of the time in midfield, and we were losing control of the ball more often. Not that she wasn't doing good things, but she just didn't have that consistency and that seemed telling and again you know I was really surprised that James had come off I don't know if there's a reason why she's not playing full games but she was putting in a really good performance up until then and so that seemed to have an impact and then Drew made these I mean one of the things about the second half is there was more time where the ball was bouncing around in our box we were still giving away set pieces there were I have to say we were like the people around us would just like go, please, can you just take Drew out of the box in any set piece? Because there was one where she tried to control the ball and basically just like knocks it forward for a Reading player to have a shot on goal. And there's another one, she heads the ball towards goal and a Reading player gets a shot on goal. And so, again, maybe it's just that she isn't used to playing in that position or have that kind of defensive role or that there were other people around her who were shielding her better in the past. I don't know. I'm very mixed on Drew's inclusion. I don't think we found a way to, to successfully use her in a way that makes the team as a whole better, as opposed to using her in a way that she does good things sometimes. And I and generally, I think, as Sean said, Ash did some good defensive work, but she also, I think, maybe switching halfway in a game, she was still getting forward more. She was out of position, she was found out of position more often, perhaps playing with Celine on the same wing. There was less cover. And so that was the space in which Reading was finding s- space. So I was also frustrated by the second half it felt like we weren't pushing forward and also that there were some changes that slowed us down. So anyway, just to, maybe and maybe it's a difference of in stadium to watching it on the player or the mood you have from it.
1: I also think it's about kind of the, the the bigger picture as well from my perspective of wanting us to get to that point where we where we have a game where we're scoring lots of goals and this seemed like a good opportunity to do that because we struggle with scoring goals. And I think one way to improve on that is to have a game where you score lots of goals, albeit against an opposition which are not as strong. If you can do that in those games, then you increase your confidence in front of goal. You increase the likelihood of people taking a shot at goal. And that's what we really need to see some more of. So I really hoped that we were going to push on and do that. And we didn't, like we didn't against Leicester. And it it really did feel sitting back the a lot. And we had some... We had some Woolwich fans in front of us who were actually very nice and were there just to just to watch the footballs. So they enjoyed the game and uh, and you know they were you know they were just saying yeah, just sitting back too much for the beginning of the second half and uh, and they they also agreed that Ash should get a call up and the Reading fan in front of us also agreed that Ash should get a call up. The only person who doesn't seem to think so is Serena. Serena, oh, yeah, listen to our podcast.
0: <laughs> there was a, there were some Reading fans in front of us who were like that number twenty nine. She's really going for it, isn't she?
1: he always <laughs> does, does. <That's> so <laughs> yeah well, yeah the Arsenal fan said to me so who uh, which player has been your best so far this season and I said Ash Neville the answer is always Ash Neville just because you know it is and, and yes towards the end of the game she didn't have the best game but she'd scored the first goal she'd done pretty well in the first half I think we can forgive her you know she she oh, yeah. played out of her skin against Arsenal when nobody else was so I think we can forgive her um 20 minutes of if she were you know,
3: any but... other player we'd still be saying that she had a great game it's just because it's ash that we're like oh yeah her defending wasn't quite as good at the end you know
2: yeah. it's like, we have high standards so
3: on the <laughs> on the commentary for us they were saying that apparently and I missed this I I have to confess, I don't watch every single Rianne interview um, right when it happens, but apparently Rianne had challenged the young England internationals to break through to the senior squad, and so Mm -hmm. they were saying, like, oh, yeah, maybe that'll happen, one of LHS or Asmita." and I was, like, I was just talking about this with, with an Arsenal fan the other day before the Arsenal game, like, if any of them breaks through and ash doesn't that's going to be a travesty that's who's that's who's going to break through if anyone breaks through it's absolutely
2: going to be ash like it has it's going to gonna,
1: it's gonna feel is, like some
2: ageism happening yeah, there you know
1: i think i think the trouble is serena only wants players who come through the unders and so unless you've played for the unders you're unlikely to get a call-up which feels completely unfair at this stage in the development of the women's game. Because when Ash Mm -hmm. was 17, 18, 19... Yeah, it didn't exist. You couldn't, you know, know, she wasn't in a position to be part of that for whatever reason. And just because she wasn't there then doesn't mean she's not good enough to play for England now. And we've all said it, even if you're not sure that she's good enough to play in competitive international games, the way she's playing in the league, she at least deserves... To be called up to a training camp, to play some friendlies, to show what she can do. Because every time she's come up a, a level, she has come up that level and still been one of the best players. You know, mm-hmm. she came up to us from a, a lower, from Coventry, who were not even in the championship at that point, and played championship football and was one of the best players in the team. We came up to the Super League and she was one of the best fullbacks in the league, if you look at the stats in her first season. And her second season, and you look at how she's playing this season. In her, you know, in the next season, and she's still one of the best players in the league. I, I've got to the point where I don't think she's going to get a call up. I just don't think it's going to happen, and I've kind of made my peace with that. But at the same time, it feels like everybody now is saying Ash deserves a call up. Ex players, fans of other teams. I don't know why it's not happening. And Do I think you know what
0: fair. I think. The best, like I totally agree with everything you said, Charlotte, But I think that the best. The thing that might make it happen is Rachel Daly. If everybody in the UK sees her week in, week out as a striker, playing some amazing football at the front, they're going to call, it's going to be absolutely impossible for Serena to play her as a fullback or a wing back. And once they move, once she gets moved, then all of a sudden there's space, which one of the issues has been, well, you know, Rachel is doing that job. She's doing a really great job for what Serena wants. But if she could do an even better job at the front, then it becomes impossible to sustain that argument that she should play out of position. And potentially that also creates opportunities for Ash, who should be there anyway. But I'm just saying like, you know, people often say who would you get rid of who would you move etc and I think the issue isn't that we would I definitely would not take Rachel Daly out of the squad I would 100% leave her in it but I would just move her up front and then think about who to take out maybe an ex, a spare Arsenal player lots of people isn't getting <laughs> played is she you know well, I think she's crazy. a very nice person from everything I've
1: heard but this is the thing is not that when you've got when you've got fullbacks in your squad who you are choosing to play a striker instead of, what's the sense in that? If you don't trust those fullbacks to be playing at fullback, why are they in the squad? Why aren't you giving chances to, to players, to other players? Anyway, yeah, three well, men, get I, Ash in the squad. That's what we're saying.
2: Yes, we, we need to just start a petition, I think, is, is the consensus here. Um,
1: um but we i got a hashtag on twitter last season but, um <laughs> England, but it didn't get very far yeah well i i
2: do take y'all's points about the second half you know i i do think drew has been a bit of a defensive liability and my heart was in my throat for a couple of those moments that y'all oh, mentioned yeah. specifically and i i also was surprised to see Angerad subbed out so early which makes me wonder if there's like a fitness concern and if there is, you kind of have to see it from Rian's perspective that she literally cannot risk her getting a long-term injury with the state of the squad being the way it is. So that's, that, that's the only thing I can think of because I thought she'd been playing really well, you know, and didn't, wonder, didn't need to come out for any sort of, like,
1: performance Especially, reasons. like,
3: because she didn't start against Arsenal and we were wondering if maybe that was, like, an injury concern. Mm-hmm. This would just back that up.
1: I wonder if there's something about the Wales games because she's obviously very important for Wales and they've got some pretty important games in this international break so Mm -hmm. I wonder if there was a little bit of Anne Harrod saying I'd like to be fit for Wales please (laughs) can't blame her
0: I just hope that she stays fit out through those Wales games because her and Evelina playing together that was working Mm
1: -hmm. that was I like that yeah it was great to see Evelina back doing what we've seen from her previous seasons and we, which we felt we missed in both the Euros and the earlier games this season. What did we think then, to sum up, what did we think went well in that game against Reading? What, what, what are the things that we took away from that game going, okay, yes?
2: Well, it was good to see the press organized again. I think that was the one thing that we were, you know, besides the whole issue of getting people into the box to actually score, that's what we were hoping for the most. And I think also seeing some players, You know, like Cho, who in the past perhaps haven't gotten many opportunities to show what they can do, like stepping up in this moment when we have a bit of an early injury crisis and showing that she can contribute. That was a big positive for me.
3: I think the formation was a big positive for me. I think this was the first time I felt like we played in a way that played to our strengths and allowed us to get most of our best players on the field. Actually, all of our best players on the field, now that I think about it, other than the ones who are injured. So I, I was a big fan of that. The runs ahead of the ball, for me, were also a
0: big a big plus. And yeah.
1: what, yeah, Rachel, anything for you? I think, as Abby
0: was saying, the runs were really important. There was also... And this is something we did quite well against Leicester and we sustained was overlapping runs down the sides and some kind of some neat short passing, which was nice to see. And we hadn't really managed against Arsenal. So I think getting more of a rhythm of that, but also being able to use the centre of the field was the difference with Leicester so Leicester we were completely reliant on going down the wings and in this game we were mixing up a bit more more and I think that was where Becky's long balls and the runs made a difference and so that combination was really good I have to also say give a shout out to Amy Turner who I have been incredibly sceptical about as a right back and I think she did much better in this game there weren't too many eeks kind of moments it felt like her and molly were better coordinating with one another
3: i think that her playing having ash play ahead of her was Mm -hmm. actually really good for both of them more for amy than for ash but i think it helped cover for her defensively because ash obviously has defensive strengths i think it helped it helped her in attack because ash is a really smart winger and smart fullback who like loves to combine with her opposite number on the same side And I think it helps Ash because as I've said before, Ash has we bit Well, Ash hasn't been struggling. We've been struggling to use Ash for ball progression because she's either been marked out of the game or had players ahead of her she couldn't combine with. And somehow having her ahead of Amy Turner brought her into the game more. And we saw her combining more with midfielders and more with Amy. So I think it worked really well for both of them and it never would have occurred to me. So I thought that was a really interesting solution that actually helped us all over the field because Then we were able to progress out both sides and also through midfield and also over the top to runners, because Ash is also a really great runner. Saw a lot more. It was like a lot harder to deal with all the different ways we could get the ball down the field for them. And I think it really showed.
1: So what do we think after that game we still want to see improvement in? What 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 areas are you thinking once that's working, we'll we'll be closer to where we want to be?
0: Fitness, it's gotta be fitness.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: There were people being outrun, weren't there? I mean, some of them, maybe they're just not that fast, but it felt like our players were consistently slower than Reading players. And some like Nikki was, you know, she was able to use her body. She was able to use her intelligence to sometimes slow down the ball and get around them. And so she could keep the ball. But she was being outrun, Cho was still being outrun. Other players, you know, there was withdrew. It's just again the second tackle, it's coming back to the ball. So, and I think fitness. that's something
3: we did really well at in the first half, but we couldn't sustain that for the whole game, and I think that's our problem. And like, we don't this is silly, but like, we need to get better at not being injured and not being able to appear on the bench. We just need more players on the bench.
2: <laughs> and I think also something that Ryan pointed out in her press conference after the game that I completely agree with is just being more aware of the opposition players preparing to make their counterattacks. Cause I think there were quite a few times that we got kind of caught out and had to quickly get numbers back to defend and I think I think our defenders do pretty well with that, but there's probably some room for improvement with the midfielders being a little more aware.
0: Can we just say set pieces again? Yeah. Um. Well, that's <laughs> eternal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> another another bid for uh, the men's set piece coach to come and have a session or two with the women, please.
3: Yeah, well, they, were, they were bad in an, in attacking as well today. We didn't get, they like Redding cleared every single one of our corners. It felt like that was, that was not great. That was before I'd mostly noticed it defensively, but I found our, our, uh, we just need to be better in the air all over the field. I think we are constantly seeing people like flailing for the ball, like three feet away from where it's actually coming down just across the board. Yeah, but at
2: least a... Evelina had the quick thinking for our first goal to take that free kick as oh, quickly yeah, that as possible was a great set piece. and catch it's out Redding's defense.
3: I say that, but now that I think about it, have we not scored like most of our goals from set pieces this year? And I'm over here like, oh yeah, our attacking <laughs> set pieces were horrible. But they were a really long one. So it's like not the same as a
0: corner.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah but like you're right. A it's not throw like... In
0: and a quick free kick and a, sh- yeah. Yeah, a throw in it's a not... quick short free kick.
2: It's not things happening in the box. It's outside of the box where we're excelling yes. at the set pieces. and not things
3: happening in the air either. All of the mm-hmm. set pieces we've scored on
0: have been like from the ground. So, mm-hmm. But we didn't even, we had a bunch of short corners that really just ran into traffic before they got anywhere. So yeah, I'm not convinced by those either.
1: So uh, still plenty, plenty, plenty of work. They've got an international break now, of course. So plenty of players heading off. Um, unfortunately, Kaya won't be joining australia we definitely know that although nothing else is yet and it's a shame because it's the first time they're actually staying in this country the australian team so she wouldn't have had to be traveling across time zones but um we wish kaya all the best and hope that she's back with us hopefully it was just precautionary all the uh, medical attention and she'll be back with us but yeah not not sure on that one but we wish kaya all the best and hopefully that injury list won't be increasing anymore over the international break so just have a quick Think about the other results in the Conti Cup. First of all, within our group, maybe a bit of a surprise result for some. Coventry beat Southampton by two goals to nil. Coventry, I think, surprising a lot of people with their performances at the moment. They were nailed on favourites for relegation, I think, in the Championship. And they've been putting in some good performances. So it looks like um, they're the team we've got to be careful of. And after last season's Conti Cup game against Coventry, where we nearly threw it all away, that's going to be an important one for us to keep uh, keep an eye on. So then, some other interesting results in the Conti Cup that I picked up on. I don't know. West Ham struggled against London City Lionesses two two that finish, but the Lionesses went two 0 up at one point. So what what do we think that says about West Ham? Great comeback or um, worrying start to the game? West I Ham would didn't... have had to have seen
2: what their what their starting lineup was, which I I honestly haven't checked out. But that, to me, that that kind of makes me wonder, were they playing a, a slightly weaker side than they would in the
1: WSL? Do you all know? Um, certainly by the end, they had their captain things on. So I, I haven't looked at, I don't know their squad well enough to, to know quite what's what. But um, yeah, I mean, but you would hope even a even a weakened side would be not going down 2-0 to a championship side who are not one of the favourites in the championship this season.
0: I mean, I guess I was just going to say, again, it's an away game. And I think what you see is in a lot of the games where there's been upsets, it's the home team who have scored. And what we do know is that there are more home fans turning out. We also know that some of the home team stadiums for the championship teams have less good quality pitches, which is something we had last season, and that can make things a little bit more unpredictable. So... Yeah I guess it's a surprise but it's not yeah there might be some reasons.
1: And there was a bit of trouble in the Birmingham-Brighton game ended up kicking off late I'm not sure what happened there but Birmingham came through to win that 1-3-2 Brighton again I think looking like they can't find the nets and lots of shots but not not so much going in. Birmingham of course the championship side who were Super League last season and I think have done better in the off-season in terms of recruitment and things than we thought they would do. But still, that's a great result for Birmingham. Yeah. And uh, looking ahead to our um, our next game, Liverpool only beat Sunderland by one goal to nil. So that's another interesting result. We've got Liverpool next, obviously two weeks away. How are we all feeling about that one?
0: I think the good news is that they're not scoring a lot of goals from open play. Mm-hmm. So the bad news is that we concede most of our goals from set pieces. And penalties, which again, Liverpool have had a few. So it could be the perfect storm.
3: Expect from them. It's 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 difficult to know what to expect from them. I I need to watch a few more games. I feel like I don't have a sense of like other than set pieces, what are their strengths? I don't even really know, like, will they be losing a lot of players to international break? Like, will they be tired Mm -hmm. coming back or Are we going to kind of be in more similar boats there? I have no real sense of what that's going to be like.
2: Well, I will say that when they played Everton the other day and Everton was just carving them up on seemingly every attacking play. I I think that if we play the way that we did against Reading, we should be able to do the same as long as we keep the press organized, keep those good passing numbers I don't see why we couldn't put at least a few goals past them.
1: Do we think they got away with the first game of the season with, with people not expecting them to be yeah. playing quite like that?
2: Massively.
3: <laughs> I think they got Chelsea on a really off day for a variety of reasons. And then also it sounds like, yeah, Chelsea was just having a day that
1: day. <laughs> well, Chelsea don't start the season well. so. Right. But Chelsea <laughs> normally aren't
2: going to concede that many penalties, you know? And,
1: yeah. I, and and also, I also heard Sam Kerr had a
3: had an offside goal that was actually not offside in that game that could have and it was at like 2-1 or something so that could have just entirely changed I can't remember when it was but it was like early mm-hmm. on enough that a, a goal at that point may have changed the game
0: had it not been ruled out but I also think that they played very defensively in that game they played on the break and then you know, they didn't actually score the goals, but those breaks enabled them to get penalties. And if you look at the way the teams that Chelsea, especially in pre-season were playing, they tended to, perhaps not ask, but all the other teams they were playing, they tended to play more attacking teams. So again, it just might've been that, Complete sort of change of pace for Chelsea and the type of game that they were facing. So, again, that coming as the first game of the season may have given Liverpool a bit of an advantage. So, I don't think we're going to see, you know, we're going to be at home. I don't imagine that Liverpool are going to come out swinging. It's going to be from them, probably a much more
1: cautious performance, probably something like we were playing last year away from home. So, and uh, our first home game of the season, our first chance to try out Brisbane Road and see what we're going to experience there how do we all feel about that hoping there's going to be a big crowd even if I can't be a part of it
0: (laughs) yeah I've got this like weird like I'm really excited but I'm also like really sort of nervous like What if I get that like I'm gonna find out where my seat is, I'm gonna get there, what if I hate where my seat is, what if I'm sitting next to someone I hate for the whole season, obviously it's that thing of just the not knowing, what if like the stadium is, I don't know, like we don't, it doesn't have a good vibe, I'm sure it's all gonna be great, but it's just the unknown, like this is meant to be our home stadium, it's meant to be amazing, so it feels like there's more riding on it, I don't know Sean. how are you feeling?
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm frustrated, I think, at the moment with the um, slowness of the club in in many ways. Uh, we, we feel like there's some movement there now. Season ticket holders should have got your email um, about if you want to sit next to somebody in particular. So there is some movement there. But with two weeks to go, that feels a little bit delayed and not really a lot also
0: like they're giving people i think the emails came today and they're giving people until 10 a.m like a day and a half later yeah to say to respond and say who they want to sit with despite people having paid for their season ticket more than like a month and a half ago in some cases so it's ridiculous
1: that you then have a day and a half to check your emails and reply Oh, yeah. And you also have to have the CRN number of the person you want to sit with, which let's face it, most of us don't know anybody else's CRN number, but excitement ahead of a new uh, ground. We've got a pub to head to. We'll be, uh, the sports club will be tweeting about the pub that we can all head to and get together before the game. And after the game, if we're feeling uh, joyous to, uh, to celebrate and yeah, just anticipation really wants to strange, not under, not, you know, thinking about going home uh, and not really having any clue what that is. But within two by, within two weeks, we'll have had an idea what that is. We'll have played a game at Brisbane Road and we'll all be um, hopefully singing the praises of a wonderful ground. But I think that's probably enough from us for this week. International break next week, but then coming back with a Super League game against Liverpool. So thank you very much, everybody, for your opinions and your contributions been fun as always to chat about Spurs women hopefully everybody listening has enjoyed it so from uh, from me I'm Sean from Rachel from Caroline and from Abby enjoy your international break and we'll speak to you again soon